I'm hopeful, regardless of the outcome. Boost up positive energy without one. Sorry about the jab, I'm on a holy field. I'm bearing fruit, but demons try to eat them like Yoshi meals. I'll piss them off the Batman like Falcone deals. Jungle full of predators, I know how Mowgli feels. So I got the fire, refuse to live in fear. I can spot suppliers in a fresh rubs. Welcome to episode 73 of the Permaculture Pimp Cast, the only pimp cast on planet Earth where we discuss permaculture, preparedness, and practical living. How you doing, son? Pretty good. I think you're giving some of those sniffles over to me, though. Yeah, I think I got a little touch of the sweet and sour sniffles. I just got off the phone with Seth Holhouse of, uh, yeah, of um, Man in America. Man in America. And uh, I was telling him, man, I'm a little bit sniffled up, man. So he was thinking, he was wondering, I think, why I was sounding so weird. All right, y'all, right off the bat, uh, glad to be here. Even though I may be a little bit under the weather for, it seems like, almost a week now. Seems like I can't really shake. I, I've shaken this thing, but now it's, like, turned into whatever it was now into a regular cold. Yeah. And the whole sinus thing. And uh, it's got my voice messed up, everything else. I got that Barry White thing going on. <laughs> can't get enough of your love, baby. <laughs> anyway, this episode brought to you by TwoOldCrowsHomestead.com. Turn that simp into a pimp. Bam! Here's what I found. What? Well, I don't even know what that's, just that's happened. That's your thing. That shouldn't be me. Yeah, that's you. What on earth, y'all? There's been a lot of weird <laughs> things going on around Siri, this place. Siri just turned on, on dad in Dad's pocket. I don't know if that came through the mic at all. You know, that's funny because that same sort of thing happened in another podcast that I was just listening to. I don't, I yeah. don't even have that thing turned on, so I don't even know how that's possible. Okay, here's what I was going to tell you. TwoOldCrows.com. Look, y'all, they've been a sponsor from the day we began this thing, and I just found out today... That I've been saying it all wrong. It's twooldcrowshomestead.com, but somehow you've been putting it right. Yeah, in, in the, the in the description. In the what description. have you been saying? I've been saying twooldcrows.com, but uh, it's twooldcrowshomestead.com. <laughs> so show them some love, y'all. And here's the only reason why I found out when I was doing that butchery this weekend, which I'll talk about in a minute. One guy came up and says, "Hey, man, I'm trying to order soap, but these people ain't in business." I'm like, "What?" I'm pretty sure Shelly would have told me if they went out of business. Yeah. And um, our last order wouldn't have come in. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, your mom orders soap from there all the time. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty doggone sure they're in business. And then I sent Shelly a message and it turns out she's so sweet. She's like, uh, yeah, you've been kind of saying it wrong this whole time, but people still find their way here. You know? Yeah. It's still linked down in the description. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where you want to go. Y'all two old yeah. Honestly, everything you hear us talk about on here, we actually use this isn't, this isn't one of those things where we're talking about products we don't use. In fact, in every if you hear me talk about an advertiser here, it's not because they solicited us, and which happens every single day. Yeah, um, every single day. They, I hate. Yeah, yeah, I hate checking emails because there's constantly people trying to sell you well, stuff, and they're getting better at like disguising it. Yeah, you think it's? Um, I'm thinking it's somebody trying to get with me about the podcast. Yeah. And it turns out it's some sleazy salesman trying to get in the front door. And the answer is always no, because if I don't use your stuff or if I didn't go to you, the answer is always going to be no. So it's never, don't think for a moment, folks, that this is, that we're peddling things for other people. Honestly, if I like the product, I guarantee you, I went to them. They did not come to me. And it's because I knew it was working. That's exactly how we, uh, we, like I said, we get no shortage of people offering a lot of stuff and a lot of money. Uh, to do these things because we are the number one farm pimp cast on the planet. Yep. There, there ain't another one out there. All right, y'all. Speaking of uh, products out there, EMP Shield, they also sponsor this show. 50 bucks off uh, with promo code PERMA. And um, that micro is the shiznit. And with all the stuff going on in this world, just keep in mind with the EMP Shield, especially for your house, it, let's say an EMP never, ever, ever happens, which I pray and hope that it doesn't, but your number one threat is always lightning. And their guarantee is, that's another advertiser. I went to them. They didn't come to me. I went to them and said, hey, are you interested in working with us? And the answer was yes. So anyway, 50 bucks off with promo code PERMA. Also, Heaven's Harvest. That's a new one right here, y'all. Yeah, yeah, that is a new one. Yeah, Heaven's Harvest. I'm going to talk about that just briefly. So it's 10% off with anything you get from them with promo code PERMA, P-E-R-M-A. We're going to try to make that promo code for everybody we work with. And, um, you know, until we try their food out, you know, 
I wasn't going to talk about it. This is what we were kind of leaning into the last time. If the food wasn't on point, it wasn't, there wasn't going to be a, you know, a yeah. deal with that. And as far as like, um, food for like end times and stuff, it's not, it's really not that bad, especially if you have access to salt and, uh, cheese. Well, some like for some of the pasta dishes, I guess. Yeah. It's yeah. when you say it's not that bad, it's light years better than any other, uh, for sure. Freeze yeah. dried brand I've ever tried out there. Yeah. So no, it's actually quite good. When it comes to this, it just needs salt. And I understand that for certain um, people with health conditions, they got to be a little salt averse. Right. But once you add salt to that, that first one I hooked up, it was off. It was actually quite good uh, for being a freeze-dried meal. Yeah. Uh, the the gravy, the, I can't remember that first one we tried. Well, the last one we just tried was that pasta primavera. And that, I mean, it, the flavor isn't bad. You just have to, you have to add salt because they yeah. do make sure that they're not, you know, killing people. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, for certain appetites. Right. And that's why, you know, first of all, if it is a, if it is something, if freeze dried food is a luxury on so many different levels. Right. Now, one thing that I'm a big fan of when it comes to this outfit is that they have freeze dried meat. And if you don't have a freeze dryer like we do and you freeze dry your own meat, well, that is the area because typically what we've recommended and we've done at least two videos on it was how to put back food for hard times because long before we got into permaculture, we were in the preparedness from, I mean, forever and a day and beans and rice easy to get. But I'll tell you what, it's pretty doggone awesome when you could throw together something that let's say didn't come out of a can, it's freeze dried and you keep all of its nutrition for the most part when you do it that way. It's already cooked. It's freeze-dried meat. You stick it into your beans and rice. Or you can just get the whole dog on meal. But honestly, the number one thing I'm going to recommend to people, because I've been critical in the past, but then I realized, well, actually, let me back up a little bit. I've been critical of the survival seed companies in the past. Right Now, that's not what they advertise. They talk about heirloom seeds. There's a big difference. They're not sitting here giving you ridiculous claims. They have heirloom seeds. Now, I'm not going to vouch for the seeds just yet because I haven't yet tried them out. So we're going to do that, but I have tried out the food and it is good. So once again, 10% off with promo code PERMA, go check them out. Um, also, if you need it, freeze dryers, we got those down below as well. Um, right off the bat, y'all, yeah. check out the <laughs> fountain app where you can tip a pimp. Man, I'll tell you here in a minute how I was in stitches, um, this weekend, <laughs> uh, there's this little boy, man. His mom and dad were there. They were awesome, man. Every The whole family, man. And uh, the mom and dad were some very, very, they looked very familiar to me. And it was funny. As I was talking to him, Meg from the Holler Homestead comes up and says, don't, haven't we met before? And I said the same exact thing to them. Yeah. And they said they get it all the time. I, did, I don't know. I mean, they must be doppelgangers out there. Mm. But they have a little boy there, man, that had me in stitches. I was laughing I was tired at the end of the day, but I laughed myself all the way home every time I thought about this video they sent me. And we're going to cover that a little bit later. But check it out. That fountain app, you can tip a pimp if you want to. You can go over there and pay us in some sats, which is a derivation of Bitcoin. You can do it there. Or you can also listen to all of your podcasts in there. And you could do like I do where you triple up the speed. So Fountain you, App is pretty handy. You can also tip like whatever podcast you're listening to. If you want to pay your like the podcast you're listening to directly, um, you can do it through Fountain App, through Sats. Yeah, you can absolutely do that. All right, y'all, let's get right into it. So the tip of the day, and it applies right now, uh, tip of the day. If you can't find trees right now, we always recommend bare root trees. In fact, we just shot a video today. And it's going to come out probably tomorrow, I think. Right, tomorrow at 5. About bare root trees and stuff. Um, and us planting them, showing you how to do it properly. Um, don't be impressed by these ones in the pot. And they are charging a doggone fortune right now for these ones that are in pots. I can't even get my head around what they are charging right now. Which is really strange because I know their input cost didn't go up any more from the time they put that thing in there. Fertilizer. Well, yeah, it did. This past year, it went up. Well, I don't think <laughs> fertilizer. Were, That's where all the costs for like nurseries and stuff come from. Is like a, is a like the substrate and fertilizer. I'm not. I'm not sure how much fertilizer they're actually putting in this thing after it was already started. But you're telling me this three year old tree 
should cost sixty-five to seventy dollars. Oh no, I'm not buying that. So. No, they probably bought it for nurseries. Probably bought it for like a quarter of that price to maybe a third of that price, and I, then they increased the sale. I don't or think they. The price. I, I don't think they did any of that. I think. I think in so many different cases, a lot of people are gouging right now because they can get away with it. Everybody's fearful. People are buying stuff. But look, I'm going to show you a way around well, some of that. No, So when I worked for that landscape company, we would get a 60% discount, and they were still making a profit off of it. I'm telling you, th- this is how nurseries work. Like, no, this I, is what you're getting. I it's dig just, that. You're paying for, like, an, they, they buy it for, like, a quarter of the price. Most of the price is not the plant itself. It's the fertilizer, like, in the time that's put into the plant. That's where most of the cost comes from at the beginning. And then the nursery buys it wholesale and then they like they increase the price an insane amount. How else would you give landscape companies 60% discounts and they're not buying in bulk? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Is yeah. that in this particular case where it's a three year old tree that's been sitting out there for two years? I mean, I'm assuming that many of them might have actually, yeah, I know a lot of them because I know people that actually run this nursery down the road here. They buy it in bulk, they take it. A lot of times they get them as bare roots and they put them in pots. They'll take a tree, stick that bad boy in a in a uh, five gallon pot, a tree that costs them next to nothing. Yeah. So the prices right now are insane. But here's one way to get around it. Um, and some folks, I guess, in the nurseries ain't gonna like this. But hey, y'all are listening to the pimp cast, so I'm gonna tell you all the tricks out there. You can get a lot of bare roots. We William just picked up some this last Saturday while I was down there doing a butchery. And um, how much were those trees? Well, it depended on what you were getting, but they were like very cheap. Like I bought a bunch of white oaks for $3 a piece. Um, I got a bunch of other fruit varieties and none of them were more than, I don't think any of them were $20, but none of them were definitely more than $20. Yeah. And they were bare root. Now here's the advantage. When you take a bare root tree and you bring it home, don't be impressed with these giant things in pots. We've said this numerous times that when you bring home a bare root, it's going to seem a lot smaller, but it will adapt itself to your soil that much faster. And most people are going to look at it and think, ah, I don't want that. You know, it's not, you know, it's a bare root. It's tiny or whatever. It's going to catch up to that potted tree in no time at all. And it's going to be better structured because you're going to get more of those micro roots. And it's so small that it still hasn't established itself. How many of those pots did you buy that are already root bound in there? They're no good. So it's not exactly the best thing in the world. So that's your tip of the day. And check this out. You can find some good ones, believe it or not, on Craigslist and Etsy. Yeah. For you can save a lot of money, especially if you're getting nitrogen fixtures. I mean, you got nitrogen fixtures out there that I think we were getting them for like three bucks. Go try to buy some in that nursery that's over at Marshall right now. Yeah. They wanted... I mean, like for a, um, oh, shoot, what was it, a red bud or something? Well, well forgive me. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll cover this. The red buds that I just got at the Plants for Everyone sale, I think they were $2.50 a piece. Um, they weren't really much at all. But if you go and get like a potted red bud, red, <laughs> hey, Dad, that cough button doesn't work on my mic. <laughs> they, can't, they can't hear nothing over there. Yeah. I had anyway. the mic. Anyway, yeah, you're going to be paying like, I mean, a red bud is a very pretty tree and it's usually used as an ornamental. So they're selling it to like usually a, a like an upper scale uh, clientele if they're if they're selling red buds that are potted. So you're going to pay some good money for that. Yeah, but how much was it as a as a bare root? Two dollars and fifty cents. There you go. So find those opportunities and you can absolutely find a lot of these deals on Craigslist. Even some of these fruit trees because you're not competing. I mean, remember, don't be impressed with these things in pots or just because they came from a nursery because one of the tricks they're doing is they're taking something that would ordinarily be in a one-gallon pot, sticking that sucker in a five-gallon pot, and they're getting it. You get it home just to find out that most of that stuff, you could tell it's a one, you know, the tree is not that old. There's a lot of rip-off stuff. Like I said, in the past, there's been, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of good people running these nurseries, but man, there's a whole lot of gouging going on too. If you want to do it really like on the cheap, you could take your hand at like grafting, order rootstock and scions, and then just do really whatever you want. Or better still, I it mean, takes it takes some skill, but it's the cheapest way. Well, it's probably. not that hard with a grafting tool. I mean, no, you can, but I mean, it takes still takes practice. You could order rootstock. Here's another little tip since we're at it you can go get rootstock for next to nothing. 
Or yeah. you can even grow your own rootstock. There's, I mean, I'm sure there's tons of videos out, out there. Nine times out of ten, you lay it sideways in a ditch, let it grow up, it sprouts, and then you cut those off, and then bam, there's nothing to it for most rootstock. Um, you could even, in some cases, you could take seeds, put them out there. Let's say it's an apple seed, apple tree. You don't like the tree that comes up? Just graft it right there. Yeah. You can overgraft this thing several times, many times with an apple. So there's inexpensive ways out there where Matt and Gabby at uh, Farm for a Living or yeah. uh, Homestead, Homestead for, for a Living, living. Uh, they're doing a whole lot of that right now. This isn't that difficult. I mean, at the end of the day with grafting, if you just line up the cambium layer from your rootstock to your scion, I'm sure there's tons of videos out there. In fact, we might even want to do some in the future. We have yeah, done we, one in the past. We've done one, but we need to redo it. That was, uh, I think, when we first moved to North Carolina. Yeah, and we, were, we weren't exactly all that great at filming at that time, so it was one of our older videos. It isn't that difficult, but y'all, look, if, you're, if it's keeping you from buying trees right now, seriously, consider Etsy and Craigslist. There are some good deals out there. Yeah, yeah, right. they are. So let's get into the farm news. Uh, this last weekend, this um, Saturday, let me see, what is today? Yeah, Monday. Monday. You, yeah, you just never know what day it is anymore around here. Um Saturday, I went out there and I helped out Ben Holler. Uh, you know, I was basically his assistant out there doing a butchery, man. He hit it out of the park, and so did Meg. Those two, um, I know Ben, it was his first time teaching uh, pig butchery, mm. but he knows everything he needs to know. I mean, he was excellent, thorough in so many different ways. He knocked it out of the park, y'all. He did a wonderful job. And if you're upset that you missed that one, we got one coming up real soon. It's going to be with Jason from So The Land. We're going to be doing it on his property. Cool thing about when you sign up for that is that you are going to get the electronic version of that along with a PDF where it's color copies of every single step. That's one downside of when you do a lot of these courses is that if there is a downside, because chances are you just drank from a fire hose unless you've processed animals before. The yeah. problem is you leave there, you go home, and if you don't do it immediately, like uh, two Shelly. old crows, yeah, yeah. two old crows, uh, homestead, two old crows homestead, <laughs> homestead.com, they got home from our butchery, had to deal with a pig. So that's one cool thing that's going to be coming up. So that's going to be in the end of uh, April and then the beginning of May. We're going to leave, or can we leave that down below as well? Yeah, that that's uh, that was linked in the past couple episodes too, I think. Okay, yeah. But so yeah, if you want to go out there, this going to be. I'll be honest with y'all, uh, that event and one other is going to be the last thing we do this year. Uh, probably no more speaking events or anything else. So the last time to catch us is going to be probably at this butchery and then one other event after that, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Um, so today, your mom and I took a little time off, went to the park, took that little bottle baby with us. Yeah, mom told me about that. You had to bring that lamb into every store you guys went into? No, I walked in to yeah. go get my concealed carry license picked up. And they brought the lamb inside the sheriff's office. And he pooped in the sheriff's <laughs> office. So there was that. And uh, I still got to go pick up my permit. Yeah, well, he did good. I mean, he's a, he's a good little sheepy. I mean, instead of her worrying about him the whole time, I said, look, just go ahead and bring him. So we ended up getting something to eat out in Marshall, which is a town nearby. And then we were hanging out at that little park by the uh, river. Next thing you know, man, y'all want to talk about a way to build community. <laughs> man, just bring a baby sheep out there, man. These kids were coming from everywhere. In fact, I made a little I made a little short for uh, Patreon as far as, man, you want a surefire way to build community? Next thing you know, we're talking to this one lady and her three kids, or one of them was her kids. The other two were friends. They're on spring break which seemed, I'm like, spring break. And they're from, uh, where'd she say, Maryland. And they got a, oh, wow. basically a home down here. And I'm like, who's on spring break in the middle of, in the beginning of March? Well, apparently they are in Maryland. Anyway, talk to this lady and, you know, her kids. Man, you talk about every little kid and everybody else. They saw that little sheep over there. Everybody's wanting to hug him. He's cute. Yeah, and then they wanted to feed him. <laughs> so, you know, we had the bottle out there. So let these folks feed them. But honestly, it built a little bit of community. So, folks, if you're having a hard time, go get yourself a sheep. Go out there. Go to a park. And uh, <laughs> you'd be shocked at who shows up when it comes to uh, doing any of this stuff. It's it's just It was really cool to see people not playing on their phone. Right. Yeah. They were actually out there 
We were talking to these people. They were talking to us, learned a lot about them. And uh, I think they came from a more leftist kind of part of the tradition. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And uh, it was just a really, it was a really good time with these folks. Told them about the podcast, told them about what they do. And considering how far left is they probably were, they're probably going to listen one time or watch one video. And your mom said, I think they're going to be done after that. Yeah. Dad, I just realized we're wearing the same doggone shirt. We look like Twinkies up in here. Well, nobody's watching unless you're seeing us on YouTube right now, yep. which, by the way, we have a YouTube channel. This is airing there as well. And if you see me leaking out over all of my body, like my eyes, my nose, <laughs> all that stuff right now, yeah, it's we do it live, and it is what it is. It's under the name Permaculture Pimpcast. There you go. You can check us out there, y'all. Go ahead and sign up. Um. I also want to point out that, William, go ahead and take it away for a sec. Yeah, so you can check us out on the YouTube channel, the Permaculture Pimpcast. Dad's got to blow his nose real quick. Um, other farm news is that we're going to, some of those white oaks that we got at the uh, Plants for Everyone sale, those are going to be used in the silva pasture, not silva pasture, yeah, the silva pasture area. So that's going to turn into like long-term uh lumber not yeah maybe lumber it's white yeah, oak. yeah but it's something that'll be around for my great grandkids or something like that i mean depending on how things shake out you know that's you know some of these trees you don't necessarily see some it, it may not even happen in your lifetime but that's why we do this stuff so it lasts for generations it lasts for a long long time right one last time i said um one of the last times you're going to see us y'all for this year at least at a speaking event is going to be in April 15th. I want to make sure I point this out because I know a lot of people are wondering, hey, what new events are coming up? Well, April 15th is going to be the Farm Where You Live gathering, and that's going to be in Asheville, which isn't far away from here. And look, if you sign up right now, we're going to link that one down below also. 10% off with promo code PERMA. And uh, so get over there, get your tickets now. Yep. It's filling up quick, and you want to get over there and make sure you get a seat at the table because Joel Salatin's going to be there, y'all. The polyface pimp daddy himself, he's going to be there, will be there. William's going to be teaching. I'll be teaching. Well, my class is apparently sold out. No, it's I don't know if it's sold out, but apparently it was filling up oh, well. quite fast. So That's cool. Yeah. Um, what are yeah, you teaching? I'm basically teaching homestead security, which, you know, these days I'm uniquely capable of teaching something like that. So, uh, in fact, we've talked about it a great deal, even on this, um, on even the on the YouTube cast. chat. Well, we talked about it on the pimp cast, but we also also talked about it in the YouTube. In fact, it's our most popular video. And, um, yeah, so we're going to be there. Jason from So The Land is going to be there. You know, the same guy we're going to be doing the butchery course with. Uh, let's see who else. Jill uh, Reagan. She's going to be there. <laughs> From Whispering Willow Farm. Yeah, I'd never heard of her until uh, recently. And then uh, uh, let's see here. Like I said, Joel. I don't know that anybody else should be worthy of being at the same, you know, sharing the stage with Joel. But he's going to be there. And uh, Justin Rhodes, he'll be there. And for I think you could probably talk into the event coordinators over there, Josh and Megan, and see if we can have a straight-up MMA um, homestead beatdown between me and Justin. Let's see if we can. <laughs> see, <laughs> let's see. If I was wondering where. The, yeah, let's sell some tickets. Yeah. Okay. So all those YouTube celebrities like Jake Paul and all them. Yeah. Let's do the homestead version. Let's set up some hay bales. Oh man. I, I actually thought oh, of that. Man, I that thought about just funny. a moment ago. I was like, man, what if we had like a MMA? homestead beatdown man where oh man we could raise all this money for charity yep how cool would vets that for be? child oh, rescue yeah there, there we you go, go. every dime could go to vets for child rescue all it right. just occurred to me right now <laughs> so if we had a i mean get, i don't know if it'd be boxing gloves or mma gloves but the first one to either tap out or get knocked out between well, me and Justin. What and happened I'm a, I'm to an exhibition? Exhibition, dude. I'm talking, dude. I'm talking, dude. It's for Vets for Child Rescue, man. I'll go in there. Oh, my goodness. I'll go in there and get it on. I mean, yeah. I'm thinking, how cool would it be? Oh, I, I man. I probably got a decade on Justin anyway, dude. So if I go in there and whip up on him. I mean, oh. dude, I was just thinking, how much money could we raise for a really awesome cause People could sit there. I don't know what they'd do with it, but if we had like a homestead, we could put it in brackets, dude. So somebody's got to fight yeah. Jason right off. Hold and Jill, on. I've got I hate fight. to tell you this. Okay, so you're going to fight Jill. What? 
Yeah, okay. <laughs> I can't. So, what? So that, this, it's going to be bad if it I comes am 185 down to pounds. <laughs> I cannot fight hey, Jill. Hey, luck of the draw. So it's either Jill, you're going to have to fight Jill or Jason at this thing. I don't hold know on, how it's going to work out. Maybe we can outsource. Maybe we can get some. I've been doing all this jujitsu lately, Dad. I don't know how many of these homesteaders. Have, hey, I'm also considerably younger. <laughs> yeah, well, there is that too. But, you know, I'm considerably older. And I'm all jacked older. up on this deer antler stuff. Yeah, yeah, dude. I go. Uh, no, I'll tell you what. I'll you say. Hey, better not show up. <laughs> I say, hey, Justin, your best fighter in your family against the best fighter in my family. <laughs> so you'll be out there like Kramer on Seinfeld, oh beating up twelve-year-old kids. <laughs> oh man, send them all out. <laughs> no, dude. I mean, yeah, you get all five of them or however many they got. Oh man. I was just thinking, dude, how much money could you raise? Seriously, though. If you were to have, I mean, like Joel come out there. Like millions, really. Because I mean, look at what's already happening with these. We could literally raise millions for Vets for Child Rescue. Hey, if anybody knows how to set this up, like, legitimately, let's do it. Man, I hey, what if we branched out to other podcasts, like, genres and stuff? Like, other YouTube genres? Man, I, this thing's going so far off the rails. All I'm doing right now is imagine oh, Joel man. in a wrestling singlet. You know how Joel always wears suspenders? Oh, my goodness. Have him out there take his shirt off. I can see Joel. Dude, we can have Joel kill a chicken. Check this out. Have Joel process a chicken. Take the blood, stick it under his eyes. Oh, have man. him rip off his shirt and just punch the first person he sees. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's, ooh, ooh. This is the poly. You just got knocked a blank out oh, by the poly man. face pimp daddy. Man, this thing went so far off the rails, but I'm sitting here. It, it occurred to me, man, you know how much money we could possibly raise if we had a grudge match out there with uh, Justin and Joel or me and, man, I'd hate to. There ain't no way I put yeah. a hand to Joel, but. Um, yeah, man, how cool what would that on be? Earth? <laughs> Jason, Jason wins the whole doggone thing. He oh. comes out there, goes straight monkey kung fu on everybody. <laughs> My <drop> stomach hurts. <laughs> man, he can drop kick Jill right up out of the ring. What did Jill do? And hey, she signed up for this. Hey, if you're a speaker at this conference, you just got signed oh, up for a homestead beatdown. Hold on, what if we did like signups from the crowd? Man, I don't know, man. This thing could get way off the. But it would be hilarious, man. Hey, just hold on. There, Here's it. what you got to do. Okay. Sign up from the crowd. You get like uh, depending on who you who, depending on who you fight determines how much you have to pay. And if you win, you get your money back. If you lose, it goes straight to uh, vets for child rescue Dude, and or be, medical bills. That would be cool, man. <laughs> if nothing else, have pugil sticks and maybe a helmet on. I mean, it, oh yeah. I don't, I don't even do this. Things went so far off the rails. Megan and Josh are probably sitting there with their slut jack, their slu their jaws just slacked right now. Oh man, what did they just do? They just hijacked the whole dog on the vet. Hey, you're gonna have to come and find out to see if we did it. No, <laughs> yeah, show up to this event, y'all. You're gonna be glad you did. Ten percent off before oh, we man. with promo code Perma. Before we get into Pastor Lon, y'all, be sure you go and check this thing out. Sign up, get that ten percent off. You're going to be so glad you did. With that said, we're going to move on into my pastor, the homesteading Hello, pastor. everyone. It's Pastor Lon. I got a verse of scripture I want to share with you today. It's in Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. It says, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. God the Father is the only one that knows when his son Jesus is coming back to rapture the church away. It says even the angels in heaven don't know. So when you listen and hear all these false prophets out there in the land today prophesying that Jesus is coming back on such and such day, don't believe them because they don't know what they're speaking about. My advice to you is this, just be ready. You don't know today nor the hour, neither do I, but we know we need to be ready. So I encourage you to be ready, and I'll leave you with this quote. We ought to be living as if Jesus died yesterday, rose this morning, and is coming back this evening. Well, amen to all that, Pastor Lom. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, there may be some, you know, as far as this uh, rapture thing goes, I'm sure there's a number of, I mean, it's amazing how contentious that topic is, whether it's pre, mid, post, or even at all. Um, son, I thought you were going go to go to break a minute ago. It's like, No, no, we got to hit the, we got to do the transition. Okay. I thought we were going to go straight into the No, news, Dad, we got to make these. All right, well, okay, I guess I got a little bit ahead of the gun there. We'll see y'all in a second.
Well, that's the problem with live radio, y'all. Some things like that happen, and it's not like we got <laughs> studio engineers around this place. So, yeah, um, it's a little bit different from radio, but it is what it is. All right, y'all. So, good news, bad news section. If you just tuned in, for every one bad news item, we give you two good. So, how about that? All right, we'll start with the bad, as always. Uh, Biden regime surrenders U.S. sovereignty to the World Health Organization, no more medical freedom, especially during a health emergency. Check this out, y'all. I mean, this is, this is like a gut punch, but really, is anybody surprised at this point? Um, it reads, basically, the Biden regime this week just affirmed its commitment to what it described as, quote, legally binding accords that, the, that grants the World Health Organization total control over the United States, United States every single time there's a pandemic. So basically, a statement from the ambassador Pamela uh, Hamamoto at the world the, at the WHO's fourth meeting in the Intergovernmental Negotiating Body. Yeah, say that ten times. Opened with a canned condemnation of Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine. Don't get me started on that. Calling it unprovoked and unjustified war, and then segues into the Biden regime's commitment to the quote pandemic accord. Uh, which is described as a major component to the global health architecture for generations to come. Wow. Well, this there's a surprisingly and shockingly easy solution to this. Lay it out. Civil disobedience. There you like go. Whenever they start doing this, all these mandates and all that stuff, all we have to do is say no. Like you, you don't have the ability or the force to, like they are only controlling us because we allow them to, because it gets slightly uncomfortable. And then like one person asks you, where's your mask? And then you just give in and then you go in the store and then you just forget all about it. Like that's what's happening. And it worked very well for the past, what, three years now? Well, there are a number of people at this point that are suspecting that, okay, since the first one was clearly contrived, and they got a bunch of people out there to get jabbed with this stuff. And thank God, it seems like there's a, a fair number of placebo that was put in this thing or things that were just inert because they were mishandled. A lot of people are saying, okay, they're not going to fall for the next one. Well, who's to yeah. say this next one isn't yet another contrived thing? Because you heard it from Bill Gates and all the others that they plan on coming out with something else. Well, who's to say they don't come out with something that's really, really deadly at this point? Which, by the way, COVID had a 99.9% recovery rate, which... You know, which to this day, I don't understand why anybody didn't consider that. Um, so they come out with a real one. And now all of a sudden, the draconian, and I know that's the, like the most overused word in the last couple of years is draconian. Everything's draconian, even though people don't even know the, the denotative origins of that thing. Um, point being, they come out with a real one. And then they're nabbing people off the street. Who even knows? It got so unbelievable this last time. And people so willingly fell for it that I'm not so sure you're going to have as much kickback as you can. I mean, let's not even forget that you had that poll cat, Sean Hannity. And for those of you that think that guy is legit, got news for you. He wears a CIA lapel pin, or used to anyway. If anybody was wondering what a simp was... There he is. Yeah, you talk about putting somebody in a boxing ring, dude. I put Hannity through a five-minute flurry of fist, along with all those other polecats over there, um, not only at Fox News, but MSNBC, CNN, all of them. They're all a bunch of Operation Mockingbird liars. That's exactly what they are for the most part. And then all of them going out there, even though they themselves, if they even took the thing, probably took a placebo and went out there and encouraged everybody else to do all this. So, um I think when people realize the full extent of what's going on here, I think there's going to be a lot of retribution for some of these people. But at the end of the day, um, how on earth can we wait? It needs to be ratified by the Senate for it to be binding. So I'm not even sure how this is even slightly legal. I'm not going to spend too much time on that, y'all, because as you know, this whole thing can get off the rails the second I start talking about some of these idiots out there and mostly in the government. All right, check this one out. This is good news. If you ask me, top docs, question the need to medicate millions of ADHD kids. <laughs> and the uh, question in this article is, what if the scientific consensus is wrong? 
Well, have you heard of sports? <laughs> Put them in sports. Wear them out. Like <laughs> yeah. even Joe Rogan said, Joe Rogan, what did he say? He says, yeah, my dog has ADHD. He needs to go for a run. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm like, okay, if more of these kids were fired up into something, whether it's sports, instead of playing on an iPad all day yep. or something like that, um, you know, that was one of the things I was like, okay, for example, this butchery I did this weekend. You look at the holler boys out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of Ben and Meg's kids. You give them, I get, I gave them some rope. <laughs> I gave them, honestly, these kids are so inventive. They've raised an entire tribe of autodidacts that you give them rope. And it was like uh, some of that survivor cord. Yeah. You, Man, you can tell with these kids that like there's the, the wheels are turning. Like yes. You can see their eyes. Out. You can see their eyes going like. I gave them some of that survival cord and it was like, I just gave them, it was like I would give the normal regular everyday kid a brand new iPad right out of the box. Yeah. And then you could see their heads going, you could see what they're doing. I showed them how to make a Swiss seat. That's what I'm getting at. So all these kids with this ADHD and all this other stuff, are they sitting in front of the TV all the, all day long? Are they in front of an iPad or an iPhone or whatever else? Or are they out there being active, being imaginative doing things that are only going to make their minds. I mean, wear not only their bodies out by making them go out and play, but you're also wearing out their minds in the most positive way imaginable where you give them something. Okay, here's a piece of rope. I'm going to show you how to tie some knots. And then with this series of knots, I want you to make a harness. As part of what I'm going to be doing at that festival coming up on April 15th. So we're going to be also, I digress a little bit. We're going to be talking about homestead knots, but it's also the kind of class, a workshop, where kids, the right kids right. these days, are absolutely going to find it fascinating. Frankly, I haven't taught this class since, you know, this was more of a preparedness type thing. I haven't taught this class for years, really, and now I've added a bunch more cool things to it. But really, the imaginative kids out there are absolutely going to find this fascinating. That's What's the fact. other good news, Dad? All right, so, yeah. So, yeah, at least apparently mainstream science is starting to wake up a little bit, not all the way. All right, well, um, here's another thing. Uh, people are waking up to a certain extent. Like like we've talked about it before, Joel Salatin talks about the homesteading tsunami. Well, apparently there's also a groundswell of people out there that are realizing, huh, we're seeing a whole lot of lies out there. So the yeah. title of this article is Gaslighting. Conspiracy theories, and I hate that term, already proven true in 2023. Okay, I'll just give you a brief list of them here. So gas stoves in peril, that's one. The COVID origins, we just kind of leaned on that one a little bit ago. Yeah. So that all turned out to be a lie, and now even the mainstream prostitutes are talking about it. The COVID vaccine, huh, supposed to be effective. You were never supposed to get it. Remember, there's how many... Um, Oh, shoot. How many politicians all the way up to Biden himself talking about how you take this shot, you never got to worry about it again. Well, that the vaccine, you, you know, complete garbage. Uh, mandatory masking and the effectiveness of that. Or lack of effectiveness. Well, you, you could go up and tell somebody, and I was doing it for a time, and then really I got to the point where it was making no good. It was It was doing no good absolutely at all. When I'd go up and say, I'd, you'd see a person wearing a mask and they would like lean away from you because you didn't have one on. And I remember being at a, um, oh shoot, it was like not a Whole Foods, but it was one of those places where it's kind of like a Whole Foods. You go in like, the, you know, they got the food on the buffet or whatever. Yeah. I was hungry in there and this lady kept like inching away from me whenever I get within her quote six feet. And uh, I said, wow, she gets far enough away and she's on the other side. I'm like, Wow, can you smell whatever it was? I don't recall what it was I said. She's like, yeah, it's delicious. And I'm like, huh, virus particles are considerably smaller than the food you say you can smell through that mask. Yeah. And she was appalled. Got out of there, and I'm like, okay, there, no amount of evidence can shatter a faith consciously based on a lie, okay? And we saw all that. So the mandatory masking, I didn't mean to go di uh, digress on that. Okay. So one of the most recent ones in this article, the air and water in East Palestine. Huh. 
Told you everything was great, just like they did after 9-11. They say, yeah, it's safe to breathe the air, knowing full well that they were breathing some of the most toxic stuff out there, and now firemen and all these um, first responders on 9-11 dying left and right of cancer, huh, out there every single day, and they were told not to mask up. Uh, don't even get like me started. Your safest bet is almost believing the exact opposite of what That's mainstream exactly what news is. Yeah. That's exactly what we do. If never what how did that I mean that's gonna be but be cautious as well because eventually they're gonna catch on to that as well so like there's also conspiracy theories that are just implanted to kind of throw you off right like that'll be 70 percent correct and then the last 30 percent will be uh, like yeah I mean it'll just be well what do they say never believe anything until it's officially denied right (laughs) twitter files okay so what are we finding out throughout all that? I mean, you can go out and look at these, and then the gaslighting continues. I mean, really, the Twitter fires, files, all these things. <laughs> you can call them fires. <laughs> yeah, fires. Yeah, that's what it is. I mean, think about, and we talked about it briefly on the last one. Um, I heard Dr. Malone with Man in America, Seth, talking about how, and I kind of got into it the last program, where that guy, that little fruitcake they had in the uh, diner up there where he was. The Pfizer guy. Yeah, the Pfizer yeah. guy. They literally erased that dude and everything about him from the internet in like no time at all. That comes out, that tells you the leverage that they have and how they can memory hole so many different things. Well, I didn't forget about it. Just like some of those things we talked about before, like Fukushima. Ain't nobody talking about that. And it's still dumping tons and tons of radiation in the Pacific. Fish is my favorite food to eat. And I won't eat it if it comes from the ocean because of Fukushima. Yeah. Every single tuna they pulled out of there has been irradiated, last uh, reports I knew, and nobody's talking about that. I can't eat tuna anymore. I mean, I mean, dude, don't even get me started. I mean, all this stuff happens. They gaslight you. They lie to you. And still, it's like no matter how many times they lie, it reminds me of that guy. That well, Russian, people are waking up, Dad. Well, yeah, to, not fast enough. It was like that Russian defector. Um, man, I can't think of his name, but he says... You know, Russia, we had a uh, we had a media system that was every bit as corrupt as you have in America. The only difference is nobody in Russia believed him. <laughs> but I mean, that was the thing. He's like everybody. Everybody knew that they were lying in Russia, and somehow here in the United States of Amnesia, we haven't yet caught on. I mean, despite everything, as far as I can remember. All right, y'all, we get back to it. Straight into the topic. All right, now we're getting back into the main topic, which is uh, stereotypes are, well, dad's obviously blowing his nose right now, but stereotypes are necessary, right? Well, the only people know that are the ones watching on YouTube. Nobody else knows. They just know I'm not here. Well, hey, there's about to be a whole flood of people going to the YouTube. Well, nothing else. (laughs) Go there and sign up and play it. It's going to help us out. Okay, stereotypes are normal. I was going to do an entire program on this. We went a little long in the other segments, but... Hey, it is, it, in the words of a ghetto philosopher, it do what it do, baby. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, we've been taught forever in a day that stereotyping is wrong. Let me just kind of rewire your brain about some of this. You stereotype, I stereotype, everybody you know, if they are walking around, they stereotype every single thing you do every day. Now, somehow, just like we've been told about some of the media, everybody said, oh, it's it's wrong to stereotype. No, it is a normal function to stereotype. I'll give you an example. I'm sitting in a chair right now. If I didn't first stereotype and think for a moment that, you know, this chair, did I examine it and say, okay, oh, let's look at the construction here. Oh, do you think it'll hold my weight? What if I lean this way on here? Will it fall over? No, you don't do that. When you get in your car, you turn the key. You don't lift up the hood and examine the whole thing. Well, some might. We've some, had some vehicles like that. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, you might, but you know, generally you don't. Um, you sit down to eat a meal. 
if it's put in front of you. You don't go back into the kitchen, go inspect everybody out there, and then look at all the food that they use, the origins of it, all that. No, in every single thing I just cited there, you stereotype. That is normal. Despite what everybody else, if you didn't stereotype, life would be impossible for you. If you examined every little thing. Now, I've said all that to say this. When it comes to animals, you are going to stereotype about certain things. Let's say a breed has a certain proclivity or it's been known to not do so well in the heat or so well in the cold. Plants, same exact thing out there. Right. So I wouldn't, if you didn't stereotype what goes into that guild, you would never get it done. You have to assume certain things and about the qualities of certain things. But let me get down to brass tacks. Because it kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, y'all, very poor form. Sorry about that. It's just still under the weather. When it comes to people, that's when everybody seems to have a problem. Even though you stereotype every single thing, every function in your life, you stereotype. You have to. It is a natural function of your brain to compartmentalize. So, is it wrong of you to stereotype people? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, it depends on what kind of stereotype it is. I would say that like some of them are just flat out. Like you're just trying to be rude, but other, other stereotypes. I mean, it's pretty on, on you point, know, pretty some, accurate. Some of the stereotypes. Okay. This kind of goes on the heels of what we were talking last week. Now, some of these stereotypes are funny. Comedians had, uh, you know, forever in a day. Okay. If it weren't somewhat rooted in a little bit of truth, it wouldn't even be funny for a lot of comedians out there. But, you know, for years when I was a kid, you know, Mexicans and Chevys, okay? That was a stereotype. Yeah. But it was typical. Where I grew up, most Mexicans were driving Chevys. <laughs> they were. Otherwise, it wouldn't be funny. Um, man, I'm going to say this, and I don't care who gets offended. Black people and chicken. Y'all, I can put the hurt on a bird. And I ain't even I ain't even mostly black. But I got enough of it in me. I tell you what, black people with fried chicken and watermelon. Um, hey y'all, we did a little experiment one time in the army, okay? <laughs> me and my buddy Jorge was this Puerto Rican dude. He was unaware of some of these stereotypes. We were we were at the mess hall at Fort <laughs> at Fort Brack one time. And I was, of course, nobody cared about political correctness back there. And so I remember to this day what was on that chow line and where we were in the 82nd Airborne. They, they fed you garbage, typically. And they had on that day, they had pizza and fried chicken. And then Jorge, he's sitting there. I'm like, hey, Jorge, I'm just joking around with Jorge. I said, <clears throat> Jorge, um, hardest dude I ever met, by the way. I mean, Jorge, um, I said, how much you want to bet? I, I was like, I knew he didn't understand because he barely spoke English. He literally just got on the boat from Puerto Rico in basic training. I said, Jorge, I'll bet you 90, I'll bet you every black person that rocks through that line gets the fried chicken. <laughs> and sure enough, he's over here ready to bust a gut laughing because every black person that came through that line yeah. got fried chicken. And you know what? I got fried chicken too. So, I mean, between the pizza and that barnyard pimp, yeah, I was going with the fried chicken. And it was funny. Every white person that went through that line got pizza. So it was equally as stereotypical under the same circumstances. So you could easily say, oh, given the choice between pizza and fried chicken, nearly, I mean, there was a few white people that got the fried chicken, but it was overwhelming. It got to the point where we're sitting at this table inside this chow hall we're done eating, and we're just sitting here collecting data, I guess. <laughs> so it was something of a stereotype. But now let's also, I mean, that's a, a humorous example of it, well, I guess depending on who's listening to this. But <laughs> let's also consider, this is one of those preparedness things. <clears throat> so let's just, tell, let's just, just pretend for a moment you told your kid it's wrong to stereotype certain kinds of people. I'm going to tell you that maybe you might want to reconsider that. So let's say these are impressionable kids. Let's say you grew up in the country and let's say a little small town like Tonganoxie, Kansas. And then every time you came to Kansas City, you were being shaken down by a black person 
every single time you went there. But these kids have been told to believe, just like we kind of did, we talked about in the last program, they've been told to believe, oh, well, it's wrong to stereotype. Well, hang on, huh? Every single time I go to Kansas City, I get robbed and shaken down or mistreated by a black person. Is it wrong if I'm stereotyping everything else in my life from the animals to the plants to the chair I sit in? Is it wrong for that person to come to the conclusion if every single time they come across a black person in downtown Kansas City and every single time without question it is a person that is misbehaving, is it wrong for them, son, to to stereotype? No, I don't think so. But I think it would be narrow-mindedness to expect or to think that every single black person is like that. You're a small-town country person. You know, you see very few black people. But every single time you see them now, I'm, I'm picking on black people right now, but believe me, the net's going to get a little bit wider. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, because, I mean, there's, there's other things where every time I go into an Asian um, for a while there, every time I would go into an Asian store when we lived in Oklahoma, every single time I'm handing out money to this guy, they will try to quick change you on the way back. Meaning these guys would always, and it happened so often, it wasn't just me. Every single time you go to an Asian store, they would rip you off or try to and try to get you to walk away from the counter because there was a lot of people waiting behind you Yeah, at the little corner store. Now, if it happened once, Okay, yeah, that's an off thing. Happens twice, but when it happens just about every single time, they short you some money, and I'm like, okay, I understand we got a language barrier here, but numbers are universal, Jack. <laughs> yeah. And then you start comparing notes, and then every single time you turn around at one of these Asian grocery stores, these guys are robbing you. So is it wrong for me to conclude that every single time I go into Asian grocery store, these guys are going to be pulling a fast one? No, and also, like, let me look around the store for a minute. This isn't any, even in English. It's going to take me a minute to figure out what's what on the shelves. Don't be pestering me every five seconds trying to figure, like, trying to hurry me, hurry me up through the store. Well, part of that, I think, was trying to get you to um, leave your money at that register. So I'm saying, I mean, this is this is not only a permaculture principle, because it is. You should stereotype but it's also a social a social thing as well as a preparedness thing. If you find a group of people and for some people it may be it may be white folks, for some people it may be black folks, it may be asian folks. Um there's a whole lot of stereotypes Hold where on. I grew up in Oklahoma <laughs> regarding native americans. A lot of those stereotypes were absolutely true. I'm not part native american. <laughs> the the um the asian though, the asian part like Asians are the most stereotypical amongst themselves. I know Asian saying Asian is a huge, you know, category, but like just the amount of hatred from what you would think, like Americans would think like, Oh, those countries are right next to each other. They probably get along. Yeah. Like, first of all, they know which one is which immediately. And they absolutely like hate some of these other ones. Well, it, <laughs> it, it can very well be the case, but going back to the stereotypes as it pertains to, um, people, Use your own experience to be a guide. This telling kids, I think, I think it's a horrendous mistake because if every single time I go to a certain area and it's a certain type of person, go listen to some of the inside takes from Jesse Jackson for crying out loud, because he was on record saying every time he's looking to get sticked up or get held up, it's always coming from a black person. So if you're likely to run into that, you might want to stereotype to a certain extent. Or if you're going to go across this town, and let's say there's a lot of uh, militant Muslims over there, and that sort of thing happens too. Places uh, up in Michigan, uh, Minnesota, Mall of America, right? You know, a lot of that stuff goes on up there. For a preparedness point of view, it is not wrong for you to stereotype if you're going into a... Okay, I could go to a place outside of Tulsa, Oklahoma, where the Klan, the only time I ever seen the Klan in my life was up near Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, okay, so if I go to that area and the experience I experienced was running into the Klan with the, the whole hood and everything else, am I going to be a little leery of the white people that live near that place in Tulsa? 
Yeah. Probably. <laughs> so, look, I'm throwing this all the way around. So, if you find yourself, there are places in southeast Oklahoma, good night, man. I mean, it. There is. you ask nine out of ten people who the president is, they'll tell you Jefferson Davis. You can go to Falk, Arkansas. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of, there's little enclaves like that. There was a swastika in Tonkinoxie on the way to your uncle's house. Um, going up the hill. So you have these, and then yes, there was some real big pockets of, um, of bigotry and racism and whatever else is going on. They could be separatists, whatever the case may be. But if you know, you're going to encounter whatever it is in a certain place, it is not wrong to stereotype. If I go into the hood, you should expect to be accosted by black folks. If I go to a native American reservation, I can expect that the people I'm going to run into there, uh, depending on which reservation, because they're not all created equal. Um, you, you see what I'm saying? You're going to have to know that when you go into a certain area, and I, I like I said, it, it applies itself to everything. But this whole notion, I heard it again. That's why I wanted to do a show on it. Oh, it's wrong to stereotype. No, it's, it is a life necessary thing to stereotype. You stereotype every single thing in your life. So why is it wrong to stereotype certain people that behave certain ways? That is a way to keep yourself alert and alive. All right. So we're going to jump right into the Q&A thing right off the bat. So you got some record, uh, some uh, recordings you want to play? Yeah. Uh, well, we're not going not to be able to replay them this time. We'll play them the next, next time. Um, but we do have some comments on the fountain app do you have any emails right yeah now? i got plenty uh okay. we got one from erlen he's got he's uh basically writing in from norway says just started building our homestead in norway with my wife and her two little kids this winter awesome uh really enjoying seeing the interaction between you and your son and i really want that with my son when he grows up hey um it takes work you're gonna have to do a whole lot of stereotyping and uh <laughs> no i mean really it's <laughs> you have to teach those kids how to stereotype over there obviously you're going to have to assume that all polar bears might eat you that is stereotyping yeah, so you that assume all of them are hungry yeah there you go so hey thank you so much for uh getting out or uh, for getting with us there um i got one from tom bomb addle bombadil maybe stomp, hi billy stomp bomb addle stomp tom bombadil one of the two i don't know there's yeah, no punctuation in these names which is i mean i understand you really can't um hi billy and william love the show i'm interested in going into the electrical trade but also want to get uh go deeper into the permaculture lifestyle billy i'm curious what influence your electrical education has had in your permaculture practice and if you would recommend such a path hashtag tip a pimp yeah um i've been saying forever and a day that if more craftspeople would get into permaculture it would change this thing upside down. A lot of them don't because, as we've talked about before, a lot of this space is occupied by a lot of people on the left. Uh, frankly, a whole lot of people in construction also, and there's and this is a stereotype, it, it is. A lot of the people I know in the electrical trade, uh, they want to be, they want to have their, they want to live what they think is the American dream. And for them, a lot of them, that means getting a, couple of cars they can't afford, houses they can't afford, getting divorced a couple of times because they work too much or work too little, whatever the case may be. And the way all that translated into way I do electric work is um, a lot of this is translated over into how we do our fencing out here in terms of our electric thing. And also it told me, I'm yeah, I know this skill and I know my craft, but it also told me that this is not where, when I was a child, when I was growing up, I never said I wanted to be a craftsman. It's cool to have, but honestly, permaculture is my passion. So yeah, I use it every single day in some capacity or another. There's always facets of it that you can apply into what you're doing, but yeah, it absolutely gets used every single day. Um, got one from DJ. Uh, wear dry shot boots. We were talking about those uh, boots last, he's tried them all, and uh, he, he really likes dry shot. You uh, have a pair, don't you? I don't believe so. I had a pair, and they tore at the front of the ankle. Josh uh, from Farm uh, farm Where You Live, Yeah, he broke out some of those other boots you were talking about last Tingly? week. Tingly? Yeah, he had some right there. Showed them to me, wow. and he's like, uh, yeah, you might want to check them out. These things are really good boots, so I, I might have to. Huh. I'm going to try these dry shots again, and I'll get some Tingly's too. But, man, that, man, it just, I don't like that name, man. It just sounds like something 
a couple of fruitcakes in the middle of Asheville to be wearing. <laughs> I got one from Strider47. Avoid unnecessary complexity. Follow the recipe, click the boost button, type hashtag tip a pimp, click boost, watch your permaculture relationships grow. Appreciate this episode, fellas. Keep up the great work. That's what I'm talking about. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Thank Always you. love hearing from Strider. Uh, got one from here from Cray Bills, or I'm sorry, uh, Billy and Greg. Um, sorry, we planted trees just a few weeks ago in a hard clay. Uh, when we set about adding bulbs today, we found oodles of worms and castings under the cardboard. Oodles seems the best way to explain yeah. like a whole bunch of worms. Yeah, that yeah, oodle <laughs> like you got. Yeah, you know that's the only thing. Yeah, that seems to work. You know they look like snakes in heat when they're down there. But hey, that's what the, the cardboard does the trick, y'all. Despite what some uh, permaculture designers tell you out there, yeah, I'm all about that cardboard. Yeah, uh, I got another one from Strider Forty Seven. Well, that was a riveting. This he's talking about the responsible use of the N word. He said, "Well, that was a riveting episode." <laughs> Here I figured it'd be all about nitrogen. I guess pimp's gonna pimp. Hashtag I'll be dang. Hashtag tip a pimp. <laughs> Dude, that is very, very clever. And then he said hashtag uh, Palpatine. Do it. Do it. Do it. That's what I'm talking about. All right, from April here. Good oh, evening. Man. Just received my order. I'm hopeful that it's going to solve my dear problem. She's talking about clearly bone sauce. I'm having to replace a three-year-old orchard because the deer have eaten it down to the ground. My question is, the best way to store the jar, should I refrigerate it, and how long will it, is it good for? Well, you want to get it on, if you can, as soon as possible, because it's going to, you know, you want to put it to work. Um, if you do have to, it's best if you put it in the fridge. It works that way, but don't be shocked if when you go back to it, there's a white skim over the top of it. That happens. You'll just have to scrape it off and then get to the stuff underneath. Or warm it up. Yeah, but either you're going to need to warm it up to paint anyway, really. Yeah, it's always, yeah, you're always going to definitely want to have that stuff at a room temperature. That way you can get it on your paintbrush and stick it on there proper. But yeah, this stuff lasts forever in a day, but it's it's going to be best in your um, orchard and preferably not in your refrigerator unless you just have to. Got one from Yahweh's Farmstead. Great episode. Thank you. God bless. That's from the uh, vaccine police with Christopher Key. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good stuff right there. All right, so we got one from Marilyn. Um, she was talking about an emergency colostrum recipe, and this is, I'll just kind of throw it out here. It's a pint of whole milk, uh, one whole egg, teaspoon of white caro syrup or raw honey. I think I, I would forego the caro for a bunch of reasons. Uh, eighth teaspoon of human neonatal liquid vitamins, or if possible, cod liver oil. Um, and then, of course, there's a whole gallon of milk, uh, evaporated milk, Buttermilk. There's there apparently this thing's been going on. I said I've had goats since 1978, and it seems like this has worked out really, really well. Um, wow. I know uh, Ted and Austin Brower over at was it uh, Health Masters? Um, what's the name of their podcast? The Ted and Austin Brower Show, I guess. Yeah. Um, they have a human formula, uh, like for milk, because they, they had that shortage that happened this past year on formula. They, they had one that they put out. Apparently, they had been using it for a while. I uh, got a comment from Po' Boy. Hashtag tip a pimp for speaking the truth. Talking about the responsible use of the N-word, episode 72. Yeah, um, no doubt about that. Uh, we got one from Justin G. Could you guys give some in-depth advice on options for raising chickens and chicks with little or no commercial feed, particularly on small suburban lots in a colder region? Um yeah, that, they're living in Taxachusetts, or they call it Marksachusetts on a half acre. Um, wow. Um, man, it's a shame because it's so beautiful back there. Well, we have like, uh, what? how much of an acre? They said eighth of an acre? Uh, half an acre. Half an acre? Oh, so you could do the full-blown chicken tractor on steroids. I was going to say you could do the urban chicken tractor. I mean, you might be able to do the full-blown chicken tractor on steroids. I don't know how much stuff is on your half an acre. Um or you could do the urban chicken tractor on steroids that uh, Jeff Lawton created. I mean, he created both of them, but Eric Sider has a, yeah. is it a playlist? Uh, imagine he's got a playlist by now, but check out yeah. Eric Sider's YouTube channel. And we should spell his name, S-E-I-D-E-R. Yeah. E-R-I-C-S-E-I-D-E-R. Well, I'm sure he knew how to spell Eric, so. Just in case. Yeah. It's yeah, with it a C, be, not a K. Yeah, it could be one of those, yeah, different, you know. Yeah, like Jackson with four X's in there, you know. No. <laughs> yeah. So one of those things. So it could be Eric with five C's in there. Um, yeah. So with little or no commercial feed, 
Yeah, we're going to always talk about the chicken tractor on steroids will definitely work up there in Taxachusetts. I call it that because when I worked up there one time, I, in my life, never, I could not believe that people could be taxed so much on a paycheck. Yeah. I never, I was like, okay, I don't care what you're paying up here. It's not what you pay me on the check. It's what I'm taking home. And at the time, I think I was making... I was making 80 bucks an hour where I was working. And honestly, I would have been better working in Texas for less than half that. I mean, so yeah, I, 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 first of all, get out of Massachusetts and probably find some place where they're, where they're not killing you on taxes. I've never seen anything like it, but yeah. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, you know, chicken tractor on steroids works in at pretty much any environment. Yep. That's what, always what I'm going to suggest or something like uh, what Ben Holler and Ben and Meg Holler are doing over at the Holler Homestead. Um, I know that you aren't particularly comfortable with praise and thanks, so thank you. Uh, this message and attached photos is confirmation of what you do matters, and please take a minute to recognize. Um, yeah, so basically they got pictures over here of, uh, and it's like hashtag tip a pimp. <laughs> so... Um, what are the pictures? Yeah, of? so attached is a picture of my first attempt at the 18 day compost pile and a few birds that wouldn't be here without your videos. So, yeah, wow. so I mean, you, the rest of you guys can't see it. I wish we could show you here, but there's that. That's cool. And then some of the birds going around. So, yeah, that's it's always a joy to see that kind of stuff. And thank you for the kind words. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm nobody special, y'all. So, I do, I do always thank you for your kind words and, and thank you everybody for reaching out. Um, we got, yeah. <laughs> There's so much more I wanted to cover here, especially yeah. some of the people that I met at that butchery. But I really want to get to this little boy. We got an audio recording that we're not even going to cover right now that we're going to do yeah. it the next time. So, y'all, thank you so much for checking us out. Until next time, stay alert. Stay alive.